Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay. Hi, fam. We're doing a special little episode. We're not in the studio. So if the audio is worse, that's why. We're in my parents' beach house, sitting in the pitch black because (laughs) our power's out on July 4th weekend. But I had this idea... I've been getting a lot of DMs in general, like over the years, but really a lot recently asking about adult friendships, how to be there for friends, how to navigate friendships through different stages of life. And especially when I say like one of my friends had a kid, this is what I'm sending them. I get a lot of messages from you guys who are incredible people who are like, I don't have kids, but I want to be there for my friend. What do I do? Or what's the best way to support someone? And then also there are a lot of TikToks that's like, oh, you find out who your real friends are when you have a kid. And I did a video once that was like, you have to accept that like no one is going to love your kid as much as you are other than your partner and especially not your friends. So like you can't expect them to be obsessed with your kid like you are. That's just never going to happen. You're setting yourself up to fail. And I think there's this like belief almost that people want friends to be as obsessed with their kids And you have to remember that like they're just never going to be. And I think what affects friendships the most is that for the first time, like there's really it's a one way friendship. And most times it's not. But for the first time, like one person is really just like unable to put in effort because of going through postpartum. And that's why maybe friendships like ebb and flow. I don't know. Anyway, I talked about this. I get a lot of questions about how to be there for people through different phases of life. How do you maintain friendships when you're an adult in general, when you're not living in the same place? And then especially if you're in different phases of life. And I had the idea of doing like, I don't know if I want to call it a series or what, but having some of my close friends on, whether it be someone who also has a child, someone who doesn't have children, someone who lives cross country, whatever. And like how we maintain our friendship. So our first guest of the series is Deanna DeCroce. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hi. You've been on. I have. Well, you were on. Was it? You asked me questions. Yes. That was like in the studio. That was one of your first ones. A long time ago. Yeah. So I'll link it. But like the questions are probably so outdated now. Yeah. And then you were on, interestingly enough, on this topic. But it was before I had Liam. Yeah. I would love to listen back to that. But that was for Patreon. So... Sorry, that's no longer available because I don't even do Patreon anymore. So Dee and I became friends junior year. Junior year of college. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Feels so long ago that I can't even really remember. <laughs> well, I still don't remember. I know I've said that to you. I know. Like, I think we we knew each other because Deanna was like the field hockey star. And so as an athlete, everyone knew who she was. 
and everyone else. But we never like, I really don't think we ever interacted. No, I can't even really remember. But it wasn't until I was friends with like majority of the group. And yeah. then and then I you joined we, Kappa. Yes. And then I think we were one of like the, the later of the friendships of the, of yeah, the group. I agree. So we became friends junior year. And then it was really everyone went abroad. Right. Junior spring. And it right. Was, yeah. So it was like just four of us in our group of 10 that didn't go abroad because we were the athletes. And so. And we lived right next to each we other. We lived next to each other. We became close. And that was 12 years ago. Yeah. Cuckoo bananas. So the reason I want to have you on for many reasons, because you're one of my best friends. So I think we can just speak to the evolution of friendships. Mm. But I also think you're, you don't have children. So there is that difference, difference. in like just the way we have our lives right, right. now, like structured. Mm -hmm. But I also think we've had a very open flow of conversation and have gone through ups and downs, yep. but like have continued to talk through them, mm -hmm. which is the reason why I think we're still friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know if this will be an interview or conversation or how we're going to structure this, but like, what do you think has been the most helpful in our friendship that has like kept us close mm -hmm. over the past 12 years because we lived in the same place for what, the first seven? When did you move out in New York, COVID? About a year ago. No, but what? Yeah, well, COVID, I was like in and out. Okay. But officially I moved out. I literally would have a said year ago. five years ago. No, Well, I, I wasn't in New York, really, because I was like during COVID, basically COVID. Yeah. So 2020, we stopped living in the same place because yeah. I wasn't really living in New York. And then I was, and by the time I was, you weren't. Right. And then I also was in Brooklyn a little deeper. Right. In, and it was far. Yeah. That was further. far. Yeah. So like call it three years. Yeah. Three plus years. We haven't lived like extremely close, even right. though that seems close, Brooklyn and West Village, like it was deep. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. But what do you think has been like the top or a few of the top reasons that like has allowed us mm -hmm. to remain close without right. seeing each other on like a weekly or every other week basis. Right. I think about this a lot. And I think with us, our foundation was so strong. Yeah. And we've been friends for so long and we were, you know, extremely close for so many of those and still are. But mm -hmm. I think when you're younger, like friendships are, it's, it's just easier. It's just easier. And like the the frequency that you're talking is pr almost every single day, all day. And mm -hmm. I think we had such a strong foundation that almost anything that comes after that, even like our differences or mm -hmm. like just lack of time, I think our foundation was so strong that that's what allowed us to, no matter what comes after that, it it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think friendships, it's interesting because I do think friendships are just easier when you're younger. Yes. Like totally. you think about college, you're living a block away from each other, mm -hmm. even with sports. Like you have not no yeah. real responsibility. Like the world is your oyster. You have so much time to just hang out. And then post-college, yeah, we were working demanding jobs, but like on the weekends and we'd go out we'd on go weeknights. Out. Like we'd go crazy. Out probably one a night a week and then every single night on the weekend. Can't even fathom now. No. But also the reality is we had no responsibility other than our jobs. Right. Like we didn't have dogs at the time. We didn't, I didn't have kids. It's just so different. 
And so there is so much time. Like if I think about now how much time is taken up by being a parent and then also like both of us having dogs, like that's real time and responsibility of not being able to just drop your plans and do whatever. Right. Where we had that flexibility when we were young. And so there is just like more room to do whatever, talk all the time, Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. And I agree. I think foundation is so important, but I also think like for us specifically, because I do think this conversation will differ with every friend I bring on because we all have different relationships, but also like are in different stages of our lives and have different communication styles and whatever. Like I, well, I'm not a texter. Yeah. I fucking hate texting. And I don't think you've ever been a texter. I've never been a texter. No. Like, I think I've become less interested in texting since becoming a mom because it's just like overstimulating to me, mm-hmm. but I just do not text. And so for me, that's just not my form of communication of how I remain close to people or feel close to people. I'm like, let me call you. We'll catch up for 20 minutes or longer, whatever. And it could just be, what are you doing? What's going on? Like that kind of stuff or deeper conversation. But that for me is how I feel close. Do you feel the same way with people or is that just how we communicate? I think you're so good at that. that like you, we probably talk like once a week on the phone and yeah. like you are the one calling me all the time. <laughs> and I think you're so good at that because I'm not a person who's just going to pick up and call. Yeah, I'm also not a huge texter anymore. Maybe like a couple years ago I was, but I think because you're so good at that, that that's what allows us to still have those moments. You called too. Yeah. I'll call, yeah, maybe once in a while I'll I'll be the one to call. Every fifth. Yeah. But also I want to get into like, how has it felt for you as a friend? And you can be brutally honest. Yeah. And we can talk about how like there was a period of postpartum where like our relationship was not rocky, but I feel we both felt, I don't know what the word is, like distanced. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. And then we talked through it when we both were like, this hurt my feelings. This hurt my feelings. This is what I wish would have happened. Right. And I think we've recovered. Mm-hmm. But like how has- and I think because of that conversation, we were able- Totally. To recover. Because I think it could have been very easy to just be like, okay, well then I guess that's that. Right. Or if like too much time builds up in between yeah. these events, then it's, you could either go one or, you could either, you know, keep everything- quiet or, right. you know, what you just said, where maybe the distance even grows. Busy parents, friends, and home cooks, I have got something exciting to share with you today that will make your weeknight dinners a breeze. Plus, it will immediately spark childhood memories if you grew up in a kitchen similar to mine. It is all about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and the deliciously simple recipes that you can create with them. Growing up, these were one of my absolute favorite parts of dinner time, and I still love them, and I feel so nostalgic whenever I smell their golden, delicious crust cooking in the oven. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls can be a game changer in your kitchen. Sure, they're great as a side, like as is, but with just a few simple steps, you can fill, roll, and bake and whip up kid-pleasing dinner recipes that won't take all night. Simply roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and voila, you've got a quick and easy spin on a weeknight recipe that will please even the pickiest of eaters. Pillsbury Crescents take center stage as they transform from a side dish to a main attraction. If you need some dinner inspiration, check out pillsbury.com for mouthwatering recipes like pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, and ham and cheese crescent rolls. Liam is in the background imitating me because these recipes are getting 
getting him excited as well. If you're looking for dinner ideas that are quick, easy, and picky eater approved, Pillbury Crescent Rolls are your secret weapon. Give them a try and discover the joy of fill, roll, and bake for yourself. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com and start your culinary adventure today. Your weeknight dinners will never be the same. You know how we all have our unique like habits and rituals and routines that shape our day? Well, mine are all thanks to habit stacking. Habit stacking is the idea that you can build a major habit by thinking small enough to get started. If you are looking to implement a new habit, you stack on top of one you already do and have in place. For instance, when I wanted to start meditating, I decided that it would be the absolute first thing I do every single morning. Hopefully, I wake up every morning, cue the habit, and given that that is already integrated, if I stack meditating on top of it, then it will eventually become a habit of its own. Another one for me is how I take my seed DS01 daily symbiotic every morning. I know that after I meditate and go to the bathroom, I will walk downstairs to my kitchen for a glass of water. Without fail, I do this every morning. In the cupboard with our cups is my jar of seed DS01 daily symbiotic. Knowing that I already have the habit of making a glass of water first thing when I come downstairs, I stacked the habit of taking my seed on top of it. And now it is something that I don't even think about. It just happens. I could go on and on and on about habit stacking because I truly believe it is the best way to add anything into your routine. I especially love Seed's DSR1 Daily Symbiotic because it is a remarkable blend of 24 strains that have been scientifically studied and clinically validated for its benefits. With a whopping 53.6 billion AFU, it's a powerhouse for your gut and overall well-being. You simply take two capsules a day on an empty stomach, either 30 minutes before your first meal or two hours after your last meal, and you'll start to see the benefits yourself that will, like me, keep you hooked. I've been taking it first thing every morning for the past few years, and it has immense helped with my gut health. I noticed a huge shift in my digestion and both the regularity and ease of flow with my bowel movements. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron to redeem 30% off your first month of Seed's DSCR1 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. What do you feel was the hardest thing? And it could be about a multitude of friendships you have because now, and we don't have to like obviously get specific, but- a bunch of your close friends have kids. So like what has been the hardest part navigating friendships in different stages of life? Yeah, that's interesting. Any hard time that comes up, I I don't relate that to kids or that being the reason. That just might, you know, be a factor that both friends are in different places. But I think with us, there were at that time in our life, a few things that were building up on both our ends. Mm-hmm. And I guess not the easiest thing to pin it on or, but like the most logical thing is just, you know, the lack of time that you see each other, right. communication. And I think because the person, you know, has way more priorities and, you know, they're going through like postpartum and a huge like change in their life. I think 
because of all those factors, it's, you know, easier to, or it, it makes most sense to, to say that that's because of kids. Mm-hmm. But from my end, I didn't see it as because of, you know, you having a kid or anyone having a kid. Yeah. It is if interesting. That makes sense. Kind of. Because I, th- well, I can't speak to the other friendships. What I will say, like for us, I think it was distance of time, like distance of living, whatever. And then having different, but real priorities separately. Like we each had our own stuff going on. And then I think as time went by, it almost became like we weren't, like we just hadn't been catching up. And I think for me, it was easy to point it, pinpoint it as like, well, now I have this kid who's taken up all of my time. Like, it's kind of what I was saying in the beginning, like for people who are going through postpartum or whether it's your first kid or your third or whatever, you suddenly have so much less time to do things and to check in on people and to be there for others. And so I do think it's the first time because typically friendships I view as like a seesaw. Like someone's always going to be putting in a little bit more effort just because life has ebbs and flows. Yeah. But I think that's the first time where it's like fully fucking one way and it probably sucks for the other person because you're then responsible like to put in all the effort. But I do think that that's where relationships can turn for the better or worse if that person doesn't put in the effort or if that other person resents them for some reason. Do you know what I mean? I just think there's a lot of room for emotion in that period. Yeah. And so I do think one of the like best pieces of advice I would have for going through that period, and I'm not saying you weren't doing this, I just think is like checking in on the person and like that constant stream of communication or trying to, because it's really easy for me. I felt like I had nothing to say to anyone. Right. So then I wasn't reaching out to people because I'm like, what am I going to fucking talk about? All, all I can think about is this kid's sleeping schedule or the fact that I have mastitis or like blah, blah, blah. So then I right. do feel like I was drawn to conversing with some people who had kids solely because I was asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? What is this? Should I be concerned? Right. Not like, how are you having deep conversations? But then that is just more communication. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think something else that's that's challenging too is that if you're the friend that's not going through this huge change and and you're not the friend that, you know, in this example just gave birth and is in the middle of postpartum, I think it's so hard to empathize with totally you know and put yourself in the position of the person that just gave birth because it's not even like a situation that you can like somewhat fathom. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't even think you can put yourself in the position of someone that, you know, is going through postpartum. So it's so hard from the other party to even have a sense of what, you know, empathy feels like during this time or like how to even put yourself in this other person's shoes. So I think that's also such an interesting and challenging emotion to try to navigate as the one that's not. But that's why like hearing these conversations and, you know, hearing friends that have gone through challenging times Mm -hmm. that that's why it's so helpful because then you can almost have an inside look into questions you should ask or, you know, emotions that you can try to relate to. I've seen you put it on your story. So, you know, so many times, like mm-hmm. somebody will write in exactly like you said, like, how, how can I show up for friends and almost arming people with these types of reactions or emotions ahead of time is so much easier than 
going into it and and not even being able to empathize with how somebody else is feeling. Absolutely. And I say this all the time. I texted a handful of my friends who had kids before me, like Jess and Ashley and some others just being like, once I had a kid, wow, I'm really sorry. I thought I was trying to be there for you, but I didn't, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, impossible to conceptualize until you experience it. So I think that's why I like talking about it so much, because if there's one friendship I can help right. restore or repair or keep during this postpartum period by these conversations, then like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I think that goes both ways of the person who does not have a child trying to configure like, okay, and think about it. What, it, how is it that I best support this person? And that could be asking the friend, how can I best support you? Because I know I used to show up with like, in that postpartum period, oh, when can I come? When can I come? Like, I remember harassing Jess, being like, can I come over? Can I come over? Can I come over? And now I'm like, oh my God, you're so annoying. Like she had just delivered a baby. Give the girl some space. But I also think as the person who had a kid, you have to give some grace to those friends because they don't understand, like, they can't conceptualize that experience. And being maybe as vocal as you can of being like, hey, it would really help me if you did X, Y, Z, or like, this is really the best way to support me right now. And I get not every friendship has that like groundwork of communication, which is obviously, I think, the goal of the friendships that work. But I think for anyone who's listening, who is that friend that does not have children and is close with someone who's about to go through postpartum or is going through postpartum, what I can say the biggest things that I found helpful were like checking in on how you're doing. Cause I think everyone cares about you and then you have the kid and no one asks. Mm -hmm. It's always has a baby, send me photos. Let me see the baby. Like, how are you doing? And then the simple things, like if you live close to that person, Maddie was so good at this and I tell her all the time, which is kind of amazing because she didn't have kids yet. She would show up and I'm not asking your friends to do like physical labor, but she would come over and everyone wants to obviously come over and hold the baby. And I realize I do this as a friend and I need to stop. But the reality is like the mom wants to bond with the baby or the parent and just relax. Like, so Maddie would come over and check in on me and then just start doing things. Like she would do laundry. She would just start like kind of cleaning up. She'd drop off food. Like food is a big thing. I also think what we just did for Kate is so helpful. Like our friend who just gave birth for the first time, we just sent her a bunch of like, which is a perfect example, right? You would never know. Right. Like, how would you ever know those things that are the best things to send for a newborn or postpartum having not gone through it? Like, mm -hmm. so I was like, D, I'm going to pick out a few things. <laughs> Should we just send them to her? And I think that is also why I post those things because I'm like here for someone who doesn't have kids, if your friend's going through it, these are some things that I love to send a new mom that some people might think are dumb or not needed. But like, let me tell you, they saved me. Yeah. But it's hard because like, why the fuck would anyone else know that if they haven't lived it? Like, why would you know that a butt spatula is great? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty great. <laughs> Spread your cheeks. With summertime in full swing, I have been indulging in my favorite seasonal dishes and experimenting with fresh recipes. And you know what makes it all even better? Cooking up these delicious dishes using my caraway cookware. 
One of my favorite parts about summertime is just having generally slower mornings and making breakfast more of an experience than a rushed part of our day, especially at the beach with my family and this past week on our vacation. I love having everyone in the kitchen just sitting around the island, enjoying their breakfast while talking about what we want to do for the day. We had friends staying with us like last month or so, and their kids kept requesting their favorite breakfast, which they referenced as Papa's eggs because their grandfather makes them. And it's basically just a version of scrambled eggs with sriracha and cheese mixed in prior to scrambling. And is it easy? Absolutely. But it is so freaking delicious. And you know what makes this process even more seamless and enjoyable? Because now we have been making Papa's eggs all the freaking time, caraway cookware. Let me tell you, once you make scrambled eggs on a caraway pan, you will never want to go back to anything else. The cleanup is 10 times easier thanks to the naturally slick surface, and it helps make the most delicious slow scrambled eggs. Plus, their high quality ceramic coating kitchenware is free of PTFE, lead, and other toxic materials. And they come in the most beautiful colorway options. With cookware, bakeware, storage, and tea kettles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Visit carawayhome.com slash Cameron to get 10% off your next purchase. That's 10% off at carawayhome.com slash Cameron or use code Cameron at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Today's episode is brought to you by a brand that is all about fueling your day with confidence and energy. And let me tell you all about eBoost and their fantastic product, Superfuel. Whether you are conquering your to-do list, working late nights, or just need that boost, this sparkling natural energy drink has your back. Superfuel is a sparkling natural energy drink crafted with plant-based caffeine and fortified with vitamins, minerals, nootropics, electrolytes, and antioxidants. While I love anything that helps support energy and focus, I personally cannot enjoy eBoost right now since I am pregnant, but Joe and our sitter have been enjoying them and have a ton of positive things to say. The Superfuel cans come in four flavors, orange mango, strawberry lemonade, ginger lime, and blue raspberry, providing an option for everyone's taste buds. Joe told me that his personal favorite was ginger lime, and after taking sips of all of the flavors to personally try them all out, I can confirm that to no surprise, it is mine as well. The eBoost Superfuel drinks are perfect for everyday energy, late nights, work sessions, jet lag, and red eyes, or that daily 3 p.m. slump. Plus, it is low in sugar and has no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. While most other energy products use synthetic caffeine, eBoost products are made with natural plant-based caffeine that comes from green coffee seed and green tea, which helps more sustained energy without the high and low that usually comes with most energy drinks. eBoost is so confident that you are going to love Superfuel that they are giving you a four-pack for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. Take advantage of this offer today and go to eboost.com slash Cameron to get your free four pack of Superfuel. Remember those family game nights or just those special moments from your childhood that still bring a smile to your face? Well, if you are also a parent, then I'm sure you are similarly trying to find new ways to create these memories for your children. And I have a fantastic way to do so while sparking their creativity and love for learning. It is all thanks to KiwiCo. They're redefining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. With super cool hands-on projects designed to inspire a lifelong love for learning, KiwiCo is turning playtime into an adventure of discovery. Each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun, kid-friendly topics and activities that cover everything from engineering robots to exploring the science of cooking. It's like a treasure trove of creativity all conveniently delivered to your doorstep. 
We are big fans of the KiwiCo Marble Run and Art Easel that permanently resides in our living room. One of the sides has this reversible like chalkboard and whiteboard that we are constantly drawing on and weaving into our arts and crafts playtime, which is a favorite around here. My favorite thing about KiwiCo is that they have subscription lines for kids of all ages, from infants to teens and beyond. Your child can dive into super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects that ignite their curiosity and creativity. As parents, we all know how challenging it can be to keep our children busy and engaged. And KiwiCo takes care of that challenge for you by providing high quality materials and meaningful projects that you and your child can tackle together. Redefine learning with play and explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with code Cameron. That's 50% off your first month with promo code Cameron at K-I-W-I co.com what do you think is helpful from your perspective that can be communicated if someone's listening who's going through postpartum or entering this new phase of life to maintain friendships like is there anything you can point to whether it's like just raw vulnerable communication or whatever yeah the first thing i'd say is obviously every friendship is so unique and so different that if two friends have found something that really works, if so much communication and and that transparency really works, keep doing those types of things. But if you're more of the friends that don't have those open conversations all the time and you're not brutally honest, because some friendships can be so deep, but you also don't have those vulnerability conversations all the time. And, and that's still, you know, so great. If you're more of that, which I have friends that are like that too, I think just both parties should understand that friendships are just like, if you can, what's the word? If you can both live in a world where you're, where you're not putting so much pressure and expectations Mm -hmm. and you're more coming at it from like more of a loving and empathetic and compassionate point of view, then I think it's, it's a lot easier to not have these like heightened emotions and be disappointed if someone's not reaching out or, not letting anything build up. If you can, you know, come at it from more of a loving and understanding perspective that like friendships, you know, go through so much evolution and ups and downs that I think that's also what's helped so many of my friendships is just like not putting such huge expectations on either one because everyone is going through something, something and everybody has their own struggles and, and things that they want to put their effort or time into that mm-hmm. it's so hard to have like a, a one size fits all for friendship. But if you can be more flexible and, you know, understanding without like a resentment building up, mm-hmm. then I think that is so helpful. Yeah. And in I my think life. we both agree. I know one of our friends, we always used to argue about this with her because she was like, no relationships don't change. Mm-hmm. Remember like post-college, we were like, no, relationships evolve. Like we're not going to be as close with certain people like forever. That's just not the reality. But we both, I think, very much feel that like relationships can evolve and grow and change. And that doesn't mean that a relationship's over. Right. It just means that it's in a different phase right now. And you know, it's so funny. I always think back to a conversation that I've been in like, I've heard your mom say, and even, you know, been in conversations with her that I I think of her as a perfect example because she's had some, you know, so many 
interesting mm-hmm. stories about friendships, about her close friends. And you're going to be friends, hopefully, with people for forever. And that means that you guys are going to face so many crazy things. And maybe one year is more dramatic than the next. Or maybe there's this huge event that could, you know, you guys might not talk for a little. But, you know, when you think about a relationship in like a forever sense, then it, it almost makes those heightened times okay because you know that's just going to strengthen a, a relationship and I've heard your mom talk about this you know in her life that mm. it's funny that you said that because I always think back to your mom as like as an example of of this yeah they're just blips yeah and I even think about this like for instance our group of girls from Lafayette like mm-hmm. obviously there are nine of us like you're not going to be you can't have the same relationship with every single one and individually we're closer with some and not as close with others. Like that's just the reality. You can't deny that. And I think for me, when we were young, I remember feeling like so much emotion over it Mm -hmm. of being putting pressure on, well, if I'm not as close with her, then are we even friends or what is this relationship? And am I left out? Am I being excluded? And I don't know if it's age or what, just maybe having more on my plate where like it's not at, it doesn't take up as much brain space where I'm like, look, I love everyone in our group, but I'm never going to be as close with all every single person as the next. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. And understanding that there are going to be some people in the group that I talk to maybe once every three or four weeks. And that's totally fine. I still love them. I care for them. I would do anything for them. Like they're my people, but I just the reality of life is that nobody has time to be checking in on that many people and you can still be close friends and not need to be in constant communication. Do you feel that way? Yes, a hundred percent. I think I used to think in friendships as like these absolutes, Mm -hmm. like I need to be so close to this person to feel a connection and to feel validation and that we're both putting in the same amount of effort. But I think- same thing you're saying, like the older we get and like the more perspective that we have on life. And when you've been friends for so long too, Mm -hmm. some things just don't matter in the end. And if you can look past, you know, all those smaller moments and have a a greater perspective, some of those things just really don't matter in the end. They don't matter. And for me, talking specifically about our group of girls from college, like, you know, it's unrealistic to think you're going to be equally close with that amount of people to begin with. But also what I think provides the comfort is that whenever we're together, all of us, it's like nothing's changed. Yeah. And that to me is the reason why like everyone will always be so important to me because they hold such a special place in my heart where, yeah, I'm not going to be, we don't check in on each other all the time, but in these bigger moments, we're there for each other. We're checking in. And then when we're together, nothing changed. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that has come with age because, you know, like I struggled a lot feeling just questioning my place in certain groups and that kind of stuff when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I had. And you had struggled with the same things too. And I think once you get a little older and maybe for anyone who's younger and listening and looking for advice, it would be like life is so long 
And those small things really don't mean as much as you think they do in the moment. And it's the same thing that you've said. If you think about friendships as forever, instead of these like absolutes and deadlines and this is the end. And I'm not saying that you can't have friendship breakups. Like we've both had Mm -hmm. one or more. Right. When (laughs) I think back, like people that I was so close with, and maybe it wasn't a breakup, but like, you know, people I was so close with in college that I'm not close with anymore. Yeah. You know, those, I always think about those too. They weren't breakups, but they, because there was no con- like conversation that was had. Uh, yeah, I guess mine doesn't qualify as a breakup then if there was no like closure. I would love some closure, but mm. I also think that that's okay. Like I think friendships can be forever and they also don't have to be. Like if you really feel like, what are what am I getting out of this friendship? I think you have to ask yourself that sometimes. Like, how do I feel with this person? How do I feel when I'm with them? How do I feel when I leave hanging out with them? And that might be a, I want to spend more time with them. I want to spend less time with them. Or like, maybe I just don't want to spend time with them at all. And it doesn't have to be this huge thing. I think on social media, we see these like huge breakup. Like it doesn't have to be this big ordeal. You can just gradually drift apart. And like, that's also okay. Right. If it serves both of you and if it's happening and there isn't like clearly it's serving the other person, too, because they're not caring to have the conversation. Right. And I also think in those moments, too, if you if you're feeling upset and you do a check in on yourself and as long as you're doing your best to not like lead with like a huge ego that Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, you're not getting this external validation that you wish. That's what I struggled a lot with. Like a perfect example is like bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. Like not getting picked yes. to be a bridesmaids when those kind of more exact moments in time when mm-hmm. you can be like more. Like a line is drawn. Yes. And you're like more judgmental about a friendship. I think if you're finding that it's your ego that's hurt, maybe that's a good time to, you know, check yourself and be like, does this truly matter in like the grand scheme of our friendship? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been times when I haven't been selected for those things. And now, even two or three years later, I'm like, it truly does not matter. And I'm so glad that I didn't let that specific moment define our friendship. Yeah, I actually was just thinking about this because someone asked me like, what would you do differently if you got married today? Or like, do you wish you did anything differently at your wedding? And after the weekend, there was nothing that I felt, I wish I did that differently. Like in that moment of time, it was exactly what I wanted. But now I personally wouldn't have a bridal party just because... I do think it made for uncomfortable conversations. And also now I think it would be even harder for me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you were one of my bridesmaids. And I think about this a lot in like our, you know, going back to our group of college girls, obviously not everyone was a bridesmaid in everyone's wedding. And I do know there were hurt feelings around those conversations or decisions amongst people. And even when it gets into bachelorette, like I was on the receiving end of some of those and feeling hurt. But then now looking back, and again, it's age, it's time, it's the realization that those decisions aren't like end all be all. I think it's like the fact that there are just so much more important things in your life that now if any of those things happen, I'd be like, okay, don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, and I remember feeling hurt in a separate group of friends around certain decisions like that. And now I'd be like, of course, that makes sense. And that's almost so emotionally freeing too. So freeing. When you're just not tied to these decisions in a friendship and you can just exist as two people 
that have a bond, but there's not going to be a decision that's going to, you know, hurt your feelings or make you upset. And I think tying it back to postpartum, I think that was my point of like coming at these things with like just this understanding and empathy that these two, you know, people who are in a friendship, they can exist and make decisions in any way that they want. But as long as you have this like foundation of understanding, truly nothing should hurt your feelings that isn't like built up and a bigger issue. Unless it's like intentional. Yes. And it's so funny because as we say this, I'm thinking about just other friendships in my life and like what would hurt me. And the exact thing we're talking about would bring no hard feelings. Like for instance, with this group, like if we're doing stuff and not everyone's included now, I'm like, of course, that's fine. Like you can't, it's a lot of people, especially when you bring in significant others and then their kids, whatever. But there's an understanding in my brain on most groups in my life because I'm able to confidently feel a certain way about our friendships and understand where they are. But then like I think about people who I don't have that foundation with, who maybe I'm like acquaintances with. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to me, if you think about it, that like being excluded would kind of hurt more by that person than like someone you're actually close with and care with. But it's because you don't have that foundation. So you're like, where do I stand? What, what is this? Like, do they not like me? You then start to question yourself. And again, I think a lot of it's ego. I'm thinking of one specific situation where it's like, was I not good enough? Mm -hmm. But I never feel that way with relationships that I have the foundation Foundation. and feel confident. Yes. And I think it's because when you have that foundation, you truly trust like the intention of somebody where when you don't have that foundation is when you're in this like gray area. Right. And then you start looking. Yes. And you start looking inward and like, why was I not good enough? And is this person trying to hurt me or, or those types of things? It's because you just don't trust their their intention totally and it's funny because i will say these things to joe about like one specific scenario i'm thinking of of people i'm like acquaintances with where then i felt like i was left out and joe's like why the fuck do you care like why do you care and i do think it's always interesting to get another perspective of like an outsider who doesn't have the emotional tie-in or the ego or those feelings to be like wait why do i care like a do i want to be there B, do I want to be close with these people? Are these people that I feel my best around or is there something else? Which I think social media confuses Mm. 100% in today's day and age. And I feel so badly for like young adolescents going through all of this, seeing stuff in real time. I can't even fathom. I know. But also like, what is it sparking in me? And I've had this conversation on the specific situation with Joe and with my therapist where I'm like, it's my ego. Mm -hmm where I immediately think like, what do you not think I'm cool enough? (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's so easy to go right there though, in these moments. It's so easy to look at yourself right away because no one wants to be excluded. And you know, those feelings until it happened are so foreign because Mm -hmm. probably most of your life, you know, you haven't had like weddings and bachelorettes and bridal parties and, you know, these definitions of friendships probably didn't exist before until you need to start making, you Mm -hmm. know, selections based on numbers. Yeah. So it's such an interesting concept. Everyone's going to feel excluded at a certain part of their friendships. Most of the time it could be ego, but once you like take a step back and can recognize that, 
it gives you just like much more clarity on, on the situation. Yeah. I, I think I just want to close out going back to like the conversation we had and maybe get into a, like, I think the foundation was the reason that we were able to be like, Hey, I think we need to catch up and mm-hmm. chat. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it was clear from both ends that we were feeling disconnected. And again, it wasn't like one person did something. It right. wasn't like you, I, I don't know what you could have done, but there wasn't one of us that really royally fucked up mm-hmm. and deemed this conversation to be like, this really sucked. And I don't know if I want to move forward with our friendship or you need to apologize. It was more just distance and lack of communication. Right. And I think we both were kind of like, what what's going on here? And because of that foundation, we were able to text and be like, I think we need to talk and then get on the phone and be like, look, I feel hurt because of X, Y, Z. And we both had valid emotions. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about ego, you also have to put your ego aside to acknowledge like I can be hurt over something and simultaneously you can be hurt over something and they can both be very real and coexist. And I can speak my experience while also making room for accepting your experience and apologizing where you may need to, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I totally agree that it takes, you know, that reflection and putting your ego aside to even have the understanding of, of what somebody else could be experiencing at the same time that you Mm -hmm. were just experiencing your hurt. And then also you don't need to come to an, like a very explicit understanding of what happened because if you, you know, have those honest conversations and you can just apologize for making the other person feel that certain way, then you can find a solution and move on Mm -hmm. where you you don't need to be stuck figuring out what happened or who's right or who's wrong. Right. Because you both can be right. Right. You just want to, you know, acknowledge the other person, make sure you don't make them feel that way again. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, pick up your relationship where you left off. And I think we've both done a very good job. I hope you agree. (laughs) I mean, here you are. (laughs) Let's see. But like from that conversation. Yes. Of taking the time and taking into account of like the emotions of what the other person said and then showing up in a true form, like moving forward. Mm hmm. And I think it's also interesting. It's kind of like back to that forever. Like there's just going to be no relationship in your life that you're not going to have some sort of conflict of in. So if it's almost interesting to go through things with people and f- and learn how to move forward because it's just the reality of friendship. Absolutely. And it almost makes it more interesting when you can learn to have a solution with another person. It would be so unrealistic to think, I have a best friend and I'm never going to disagree or fight or. I mean, that's not. But there's probably friends that go through life never having a hard conversation. Yeah. Or maybe there's a space that they should be having the hard conversation. They don't. And then that's the end. Yes. Like I think about Jess all the time and she'll probably be a part of the series. We didn't speak for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And now she's like one of my closest friends again. You know, you can go through ebbs and flows and fuck up and apologize mm-hmm. or just be like, hey, I don't know what happened. Distance, time. No one really made this huge mistake. But like, I miss you. Right. You know? Yeah. It just depends on who you want to spend time with mm-hmm. and how you feel around people. Yeah. Do you have any closing remarks? 
Closing remarks, you say. No, I think I'm actually reading this love, how to call in your the one soulmate in seven weeks. I'm What's reading this? a book right now on like relationships and okay. love and, and that kind of stuff. And a very common topic in it, and it's made me reflect a lot in different aspects of my life is just empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think when you lead with empathy in your life, there's truly, you know, nothing that can come between a strong friendship. And I think out of any emotion or any, you know, feeling that I could ever have in relationships, I think I always want to be empathetic and, you know, never take anything too seriously and never lead with ego and always be empathetic and understanding. I think that's what will help so much in in friendships is when you can actually just have this, you know, unwavering compassion and, and, you know, love for your friends. And I think that is so like unbreakable in a friendship. I agree. That's very good wisdom. Can I also say that I mentioned this on my story the other weekend with someone else that was here and it's like the number one thing I hope people think about me, but also like, I think you're someone like this. And I obviously think foundation is important in a friendship to get to this, but like, having the friends that you don't feel like you have to host Mm, is so important. Like being able to spend time with someone, but then also being like, I have to, I need a second Mm -hmm. to go, whether I have to go nap or like, I'm going to go do this quickly. Like being in the same space, but feeling confident and comfortable. It's like simultaneously do your own thing. If it comes to it, I can't explain that. Yeah. But like, I mean, just for me, like when you come to my parents' house, or my house, obviously I feel this way, but more so you spend a lot of time in my parents' house. Yep. Like everyone treats you like a child, mm-hmm. like a daughter. You're literally like the fourth daughter. Yeah. And that's so wonderful because then I obviously like you have an open invitation every weekend here because it's easy. I love being with you, but it's also just easy. It's not like a production. Right. Which is the best feeling in a friendship. And I think that's just a metaphor for time in a friendship too. Yeah. Like there can be, there's time in, you know, when we've gone through things, you know, that could have been a time when you didn't need to host. Right. And that could have, you know, emotionally taking a break and, but always having that foundation and just love for each other to come back after that. I think, you know, that is just a metaphor for friendship in general. I agree. All right. Well, I love you so much. Love you more. Thank you for coming on here. I really hope we get our power back because I'm fucking just spitzing. I need AC. I know. I'm Thank so God hot. you guys have fans. No, they don't work, Deanna. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the AC was out last night, to be fair, and the power was on. So the fans yeah. did work, but now we're just royally fucked. Yeah. I love you. I Thank love you. you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. 
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.